comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I was just reading this tweet from John Arnold that says the vice president of Suriname is 60 years old playing in the CONCACAF League against Olympia tonight. Captaining the team he owns, pure CONCACAF. And just like pure CONCACAF is a man uh, who's with me today, Logan Stump. My hairline looks like it's been through CONCACAF a couple of times. <laughs> For the, yeah. all of those auditory listeners, that's the same thing. For all the auditory people, uh, you, you can just picture a, a 30-year-old man almost with a for, with the hairline of like a 50-year-old. Yeah. Oh, perfect. That's perfect. Perfect <laughs> explanation. It's um, really going from the top, too. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it's fading sorry, like Orlando's man. playoff hopes. <laughs> I don't, you know what though? I I still think they're okay. I I think um, they'll get to the playoffs. They may not make any damage there, but I think they'll get there. Uh, but maybe that title push that they were hoping by keeping this squad together mm. is no longer going to be uh, possible. But you never know; anything can happen in the playoffs. Before we get to the results from the midweek and weekend, we actually have to talk about a few big news stories. Uh, so, one, Luchi Gonzalez relieved of his duties at FC Dallas. So we'll start with this. He, you know, was at one point the academy director, um, you know, working with the academy there. He became a manager for FC Dallas. It's his third year as a head coach there. They were in the playoffs in 2019 and 2020. They sit 11th in the West right now, seven points out of the postseason. They haven't won in four games. Is this the right move, Logan? Um, I guess it's better than selling all your youth. I don't know. Uh, I think with Dallas, I think it's it's a matter of that. They, they just don't have a team. I mean, what are they really building, though, right? We talked about this with Dan early on when we did the preview. Um, when we previewed FC Dallas and we said, you know, is this, and you asked a great question, is this team sustainable? Can you sustain success while still selling all your youth players and talent? And the answer looks like it's going to be no. I, I think, you know, they had been good there for years where, uh, you know, they had held on to some of the players, but now it's like every time they've got a chance to flip some players, 
they do it. Uh, Tanner Tessman's now gone, who had a, had an ability to be probably one of the top players in this league, especially in the defensive midfield. Um, and now he's going to go play in Italy, and and they were quick to sell on that. Um, guys like Chris Richards being sold. It just seems like whenever FC Dallas has a chance to sell, they're going to sell. And Lucci has become part of the the reason why they think that this team has not been successful. And honestly, I don't think it's fair. I think it's fair results wise. Okay. Um, I think what he did for the Academy doesn't mean makes him a good coach for the senior team. Mm. I, I can honestly say that, but I think that this is a performative measure from the hunts because I don't think they're going to assemble a team, no matter who the manager is, they're going to run the team the same way they're running it now. So ultimately it doesn't matter who the coach is. Mm -hmm. I don't think, um, look, Brian Reynolds (laughs) became an FC Dallas player late last year and he already got shipped out right after Reggie Cannon. Right. (laughs) And now he's not even playing at Roma. He's probably going to have to leave Roma because Jose took over and he wants to play other players there. So they're selling him, but they're not even finding the best fit for these players. Reggie Cannon has barely played for Boa Vista because they're having problems there. He's trying to get out of Boa Vista. Boa Vista's not being able to make their payments. It's a mess. So while they can say we're exporting these players, they haven't really... One established themselves in the league. These players, uh, Reggie Cannon did, but you know, like now he's kind of stuck in this club situation. And now, like you said, Tanner Testman barely plays played for them before he gets out of there. What, like last year was his first year, right? Like it wasn't. Yeah, and he got maybe spot starts this year. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. They have to put together an. We talked about this, like he said on the previous show. They've got to put together an actual squad to compete. That was the best thing that they had when they had Oscar Perea. Yeah. They had the youth, but they also had squad members that were competing and going to make a difference. They just don't have that. But I think this is a performative thing for the Hunts to say, look, we're doing something. We don't like the way we're going, so we're going to fire him. But I think we see this another two years from now with whoever they replace him with. I hope I'm wrong because I think when you look at the Texas Texas Derby and it's in Houston and there's barely any fans there, and when you turn on an FC Dallas game and there's barely any fans there, and those are the two biggest markets in Texas, which is a huge market in the USA, this big one of the biggest states, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't even get fans there. Um, people will always say it's stadium location, it's 30 minutes outside of downtown, whatever. That's BS. Yeah. I was just at Citizens Bank Park for Phillies versus Orioles. And guess what? They had tons of people there, not super crowded, right? But a week, midweek game. And that you can see the city way off in the distance. That mm-hmm. is not in the city proper at all. And that has their football stadium, it has their hockey and basketball arena. The only thing not there is the Union. And the Union are even further south, and they can still fill that stadium up on t- at times. So I don't think it has anything to do with location. I mean, you know, People said the same thing for Chicago when it was at Bridgeview, but I don't think they've been selling out Soldier Field either. Of course, they're not playing well, so that could be why, but I don't know. I, I think 
you, you got to fix it. And I feel sorry for Lucha Gonzalez because he did so much work for Dallas, but um, just because you're also a good academy, you know, and or building good youth doesn't mean you're, you're getting the results. And I think it is a results oriented business, but I do wonder where this is actually coming from, from that FC Dallas um, uh, front office. Cause I do think that again, uh, book it right now, two to three years from now, whoever they replace them with is probably getting fired for these same sort of results because they're not putting any money in the team. Jordan just dug a grave for the next FC Dallas. <laughs> Jordan has a good tendency to do that uh, where he's just digging a grave and naturally the team just puts somebody in it. Um, but no, I, I think another big concern too, when you're talking about FC Dallas, if you want to stay in that same vein too, is, is Ricardo Pepe, an 18 year old striker who's just bursted onto the scene and now linked is, with Bayern now, right? Linked with Bayern, linked with a lot of the European teams that are going to want a striker come January because that's when MLS will be done. They'll think, hey, you know, that'll be a good time to get this young kid over here and into the system uh, of playing there, and that'd be great for him to uh, try to learn the system and playing with the U.S. men's national team. He seems to burst onto the scenes as one of those guys that will be an option for the number nine when World Cup comes around for next fall – or, yeah, next fall. Uh, that's – but, again, in mentioning that, I just want to be, you know, aware – I want fans to be aware of the fact of, like, there's systems that we just don't want players in, and I think FC Dallas has become one of those systems. They just don't have stability – their players are going to leave and it's a matter of like, where does FC Dallas send them and is it for the right situation or is it because they're just getting a lot of money in return? FC Dallas, if they get rid of Pepe, okay, that's 12 goals you're losing. Who's going to mm-hmm. score? They've only scored 38 this season. Okay. Oakley is the only other one. He's got eight goals, but he's really, yeah. Hit. And people don't even want him playing. You yeah. know, they, they don't, you know, he's getting goals, but he's not doing, well, other than that, but I mean, Jesus Ferreira. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, probably Ferreira. But you I mean, want to play with that again? I mean, where that's not is really Pepe? If Pepe goes, you're losing 12 goals right there from a young kid. That's only going to get better. He's going to score more than that. And I get it for him, Pepe. It's best to leave at some point. Yeah. But who are you going to replace them with? You know, like uh, I guess they could have people in their academy that are young strikers, but. They most definitely do. They're just going to settle them before they get there. <laughs> yeah, that's the issue, right? So, so you're funneling all this talent. So, what you end? It's almost like if you were building a, another baseball analogy here. If you were building a baseball team, and you had all these prospects in AAA, and yeah. you end up selling them, you know, like trading them before they reach the big leagues, and you just end up with a whole bunch of four A guys. Yeah, you know. And I think another part of the that's what it feels is- like. Yeah, and the other part of the problem is that FC, FC Dallas isn't matching like that selling with with buying and, and players incoming because I, I feel like their players that are incoming. Obreon was one that they added over the uh, transfer window this before the season, and it's not like he's been crucial in any part of their plans. He's played okay, but you know, it's not like it's a star player that they're they're selling this uh, you know youthful player that could become a thing for two years and then they can sell him that. I don't know. FC Dallas is, is a mess, and it's going to continue, I think. All right, let's move on from that, because we got some bigger news to cover, actually. We got a bomb dropped on us. They kind of gave us the heads up, I think, yesterday that they were going to make this announcement for CONCACAF at 4 o'clock Eastern time mm-hmm. on Tuesday, and that's the day we're recording this. The League's Cup, Logan. The League's Cup, which Seattle is in the final of tomorrow night, Wednesday, at 10 o'clock. And Atlanta had won the League's Cup in 2019, I believe. Or was that the Campionas Cup? 
we'll have to check that. But anyway, um, let me just check who won the League's Cup in 2019. Cruz Azul. Okay. Um, that was the first one, I think, too, was the League. Yeah. So, and they faced off uh, Tigres in the final. So, okay. So it wasn't, uh, it was the Campiones Cup that I was thinking about that Atlanta won. But Seattle is in the final for this one. Uh, they are going to be playing. Uh, I've lost it. Oh, Club Leon on ESPN2 League's Cup final. But guess what? They are changing the format of the League's Cup for like the third straight year. Okay. Uh, so this should be fun, though. I I'm really excited for this. Let me know what your thoughts are. We'll talk about it in detail. But in 2023, all MLS and all Liga MX clubs are going to be participating in the League's Cup. We're actually going to pause the regular season in the late summer and do a World Cup-style tournament between these clubs. What's your initial thoughts on that? So my initial thoughts, and I know it got it got ones from this side of the scale to this side of the scale as far as reactions. I was really happy, and I know you and I talked about it. It's exciting because they're pausing the MLS season, so it's not like these are simultaneously going on with MLS games, so you kind of have to like balance the workload. It's going to pause it for a month. It's going to put it into this uh, tournament where you know U.S. teams are getting to play Liga MX uh, teams, and I think you know, going back and forth between those two leagues, you're going to see a lot of really good talent. And I think it'll be really good for a lot of our younger players, especially when you're talking about World Cup qualifying, when you're talking about the U.S. players having to play Mexican teams. And a lot of those Mexican teams are on the, or a lot of those Mexican players on the in League of X are on uh, the Mexican national team that we're going to see quite often. So I, I think... I love it for just the reason of it's going to be one entertaining two. It's going to be a whole month, which is really cool. Three, it's going to be uh, all the MLS teams. So everybody's invited. Everybody's included. Anybody can win it, uh, which is a really cool matter. So if you've got like a stretch of a month where you're playing really well, I mean, this, this tournament could see a new winner for years without having a repeat winner, uh, which I think is really exciting for the clubs. I think it's really exciting for both of these leagues and the fact that they're all pausing to go play in this one league kind of thing, it's kind of like that merger they've already talked about before. And I think you're going to see where it works and it's going to be a lot of fun and the entertainment value is just going to be off the charts. So I'm pumped for it and I know we'll get into more detail, but those are kind of the things that I'm looking forward to just off the top. Yeah, I, I think I agree largely with what you had said there because cool. I think, like you said, uh, one, it's great that we are going to be doing this with all clubs. Mm -hmm. That is a big thing because um, one of my worries about the union, right, when they got knocked out of this Champions League is, okay, when's the next time you're making the Champions League? Yeah. Your only ways of getting there right now are U.S. Open Cup, Supporter Shield, MLS Cup, and runner-up. Mm -hmm. Right? I think that's all. Yeah, that's four. So how are you getting there? Uh, the union are not going to be able to get there consistently with the way that their business model is and the way that they're set up to run. 
And the only way these teams in our country get better is by playing against better competition year in, year out. How do you do that? Well, if you didn't, what I liked about the League's Cup is the 2020 edition, the Union qualified for that because they weren't good enough to get in the Champions League. So I liked that originally of like, okay, well, if you don't qualify, kind of like if you don't qualify for the Champions League, you get the Europa League. Mm -hmm. So you're still getting some sort of European experience, in this case, continental experience, before you, uh, you know, and you can keep getting that experience. Well, now we're going to get that with all of the MLS clubs. So yes, even Austin, even FC Cincinnati, even Charlotte, who we don't know how they're going to be, are going to get games where they're able to, um, you know, where they're able to play against Cruz Azul mm-hmm. or Club America, Club Leon, any even a lower Mexican team. The fact that they're able to pause it too, all eyes are going to be on this. We will hopefully not get the League's Cup Kansas City side that goes out there and plays 15-year-olds and says, we're, we're not <laughs> taking this any seriously. Yeah. There's no reason not to take this seriously now uh, because you have the whole, like, probably three weeks, four weeks off mm-hmm. to challenge for it. Now, there are still some issues of, are they going to, are, are teams going to be able to, you know, actually get a chance to win this does mm-hmm. fc cincinnati actually stand a chance to win this are they actually going to put money and resources into the team so we still have to figure that out of is mls going to expand some of this rosters stuff because if they don't league mx probably wins this most of the time yeah but the main thing is they're going to be able to play against these better teams all the time now and it should raise this is perfect for U.S. men's team. Yeah, huge. Are you kidding me? The, the young kids, like Pepe, if he's if he was here when this was still going on, he's probably going to be gone by then, but a player like Pepe coming up in the system now has a chance to play against the biggest clubs uh, in the region. Because even let's say you qualify for however this works out, if you're in a group and qualify for it and you have extra group games mm-hmm. and you're fielding – because you're already qualified, you're like, oh, put the kids out there now yeah. because we already made it through. Yeah. That's great. Those kids are going to learn against really great teams. And, I mean, I, I I think it's great overall. And I think, like you said about the merger aspect, this is the best version of that. I do not really want an actual merger yeah. between these. This uh, is perfect. Between these leagues. So having a just a month-off mm-hmm. tournament, like this is perfect for me. And I think it's going to work really well. Uh, now, again, you're still probably will get some teams that end up not taking it that seriously, but you're hoping that it will. Uh, it, there's no reason not to take it seriously. One, because of the month off, but also there's three champions league spots at stake. Yeah. Three. The winner, which automatically gets you to the round of 16. The second place earns the CCL qualification, and third place earns CCL qualification. Like, that's just great news. Uh, And I think that's exactly what we need. Now, how does this work with U.S. Open Cup? 
we have no idea yet how that's yeah. going to factor into that. But man, I'm excited for it. I'm thinking a World Cup style tournament that I can just watch every summer featuring MLS teams. And maybe I can go, like, it's going to be hosted in the USA and Canada, they said. Um, so if that means I'm going to be able to go up to Talent, uh, not Talent Energy Stadium, whatever they call it now, Subaru Park, and watch the Union take on like a quality Mexican side, mm-hmm. that's going to be great. I mean, I, I just think this is great. I, I've seen some people poo-poo the idea, saying it makes Champions League worth, worthless. Maybe for MLS and Mexican teams, but I think I would still want to win CCL. The reason why is because you're still going to get people saying, an MLS team has not won CCL. So I, I still think that is important to win that. Um but if you can beat a Mexican team in the League's Cup to get there, I think you'll see the progress continue. Your coaching pool gets better. Your development yeah. of young coach, coaches will get better. Uh, you'll see, um, I, I think, kind of like a March Madness of <laughs> of soccer, uh, which is really cool if you're a U.S. Uh, fan and you, and you like watching March Madness in college. Um, it's... I think a lot of people will watch it West coast, East coast. It's going to get great TV viewership because anytime we play Mexico, I feel like we get great TV viewership. on yep. Fox. That's another um, big thing. The revenue that it brings in the young players that we're going to be able to find in Mexico, because a lot of those young Mexican teams where we might be able to go, Hey, we're going to pluck off some of the young Mexican players that are playing on some of these teams that increases our value. Uh, there's a lot of Mexican Americans. So, uh, or Americans that are Mexican that so, you know, being able to establish that dual citizenship, I think this elevates like, uh, they're like, oh, well, I went and saw Colorado Rapids play and I can be a citizen of US and Mexico, but I want to play for the US teams because that's kind of cool and exciting. I think this is just overall a win for the whole region. It's going to make Canada more enticing too. Uh, I, I think that, I think what North America has done in, in Central America, what they've done is they're like, you know what? Let's get together and let's be competitive like Europe, like South America, like these big world powers in football. The only way to do that, let's make each other better. And I think this is the way that you do it. I think this is the way that you do it. And there's a lot of resources in this, a lot of viewership, a lot of European teams will be watching, a lot of the South American teams will be watching. Overall, I think it's a really good thing for the sport. Like you said, uh, what what we're seeing this is part of CONCACAF coming together, but also, like you said, those three countries, Mm -hmm. Canada, USA, Mexico, that came together to put a bid in for the World Cup in 2026. Yeah. That said, said, hey, we want the game here again. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't going to be given to just the U.S. because of politics, FIFA politics, all that kind of stuff. So being able to say, hey, let's come together because this is going to benefit all three of our countries if we host a World Cup. And then now coming together and saying, hey, Mexico is the most watched league in the U.S. Mm-hmm. MLS is having lots of money that Mexico wants. Canada is along for the ride with the U.S.-Mexico, you know, like in MLS. They have MLS teams. Yeah. So then them getting together again and saying, let's do a League's Cup that's more involved and let's get it officially sanctioned by CONCACAF this mm-hmm. time. That wor- You know how big this can be? Massive. Mexico teams draw so well with yes. fans. They draw well over on TV. 
And like you said, that now, like, if they live in Philadelphia and they're like, you know, not, they don't know the union that well, Mm -hmm. but then they see a Club Leon versus Union and they're like, hey, I'm a Club Leon fan, but uh, I live in Philadelphia. So in MLS season, I can follow the union. Yep. You know, I can go to games at Subaru Park. It's close to me. It's nice. You know, like you might have some stuff like that. Right. Right. If they're young. Yeah. I mean, so that kind of stuff, I think, will no doubt help the growth of the uh, soccer in this country. And I think it gets more mainstream Mm -hmm. appeal, too. We'll have to see what if ESPN sticks with the League's Cup or how that's going to work with 2023. But if they present it well and they present it like it's a big deal. It can be taken as a big deal. Yeah, CBS um, will be all over this. CBS yeah, CBS like, wait, too. Yeah, Paramount Plus is like yeah. line Conca, me up. Conca, Cocoba, Cocaba, yeah. Conca, Chancy, Champions <laughs> all right, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is, I don't know. I think, I can't rave enough about it, honestly. I, I am really excited for 2023 now because I'm just imagining late summer and August spending my nights yeah. uh, watching these games on ESPN or wherever they are. And uh, if they are on ESPN, try to get some of those games on ABC or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, like get it it's out there, man. July and August are a really slow time for baseball. Yeah. A really time. There's no NBA yeah. during that time. No NFL, no, nothing to compete with. And that's what they said was a big thing here. July especially is huge because July is a dead time for most sports. All of them pretty much. Um, they said that end of the middle of July into the middle of uh, August is perfect. You've got families on vacation from school. You've got, you know, families going to games. I can go to Orlando and watch the, the, one of the league of Mexico teams play Cincinnati or something. Like I can just go, it, I, like I'm getting chills just thinking about how cool it could be just to go and watch this. And this is right on the heels of 2022, which will be a world cup, hopefully for, you know, appearance for us and maybe Mexico where we can all go after this and then boom, we're on showcase again, getting ready to ramp up for the next world cup qualifying for the next two or three years. And then boom, the U S uh, world cup. So and let's not forget yeah. too. We just teamed up with Liga MX for the, for the all-star game. Yep. So like, this is a, this is something that they are no doubt doing. They're, they're mm-hmm. building this relationship to help each other out. And I think that is what is ultimately going to help grow the sport in this country and not just the sport, but the MLS. Like the fact is, yes, you can, you used to be able to have these friendlies where Chelsea comes over and plays Philly and they win seven and nothing. But with it being tied to the most watched league. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that it's actually meaningful competition. Now it's not friendlies. These are not glorified friendlies. Now this is a competition that's officially sanctioned now that is going to mean something. And uh, that is what we need. We need more of this type of stuff. I'm always yeah. one for more cups, more competitions, because I feel like we don't have a lot of them over here. Uh, and yeah. can we get FIFA on board? Can FIFA, since they have League MX and MLS in their game, can they make a League's Cup in there? Because they don't have the Champions League in that. Uh, yeah. uh, but can they give us the league's cup? Because I think that could help too. Cause sometimes if you play an MLS campaign, there is nothing to do. You that's have your true. league and you have a few open cup rounds and that's it. So 
we get a lot of steam with the Mexican sides and you got the, and they said another interesting thing to kind of just throw in the wrench in, in a couple of years down the road, obviously, cause it's just a baby growing um, with the Canadian premier league being a, a possibility to have a couple teams show up. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. if something like that happens, then the trio is massive. Like then it's, then it's a massive tournament and then it becomes very much like champions league. So it's uh, it, it, it's our version, I think, Jordan, of the Champions League, all but all combined into one month where Champions League has to spread it out, which kind of sometimes takes the allure of it away. Mm-hmm. This is great. I mean, this is like sole focus. Imagine if the Champions yeah. League was like UEFA Champions yes. League was played over a yeah. summer like a World That'd Cup. That would have been that would be great. Yeah. It would be your Super League, which they might even adopt. Like they might try to look over here and go, "Hey, that's actually pretty cool." I know they've got a lot more like cups and things they've got to worry about too. But, yeah, I don't like, know how they would do it with World Cups yeah. and Euros and yeah. stuff. That and that's, that's where it'll one, get. Yeah, that's where this one will be interesting because. But I'm assuming on World Cup years, it'll just if like they play it late July it. and August, yeah. World Cup's already over. Yeah. So I think that'll be good. Yeah. And um, the, the windows too, I think is another thing. I guess some of, we can talk about some of the cons because somebody you know is going to mention it. A couple of the cons were scheduling with MLS. Do you have to push the year back uh, or up to where they'd be playing in February? Nobody wants to play in Philadelphia in February. Um, do they do that? Is there going to be, like you said, a, a collision with the U.S. Open Cup? Is there going to be collisions with like gold cup and the rest of the tournaments that take place in those off years where they don't have the world cup. Is there going to be world cup issues? Um, so there's a lot to iron out, but I think what the MLS in, in Mexico did was that was brilliant. Is like you said, Jordan, July and August seem like a sweet spot because there's just nothing going on at this point. Even world cups aren't really going on this late into the summer when they do happen. Do we need, I know this is stupid. They'll probably never roll back how many games they have. Do we need 34? Can it be 30 games be we, 30, cut, yeah. we can cut four games off the schedule? You're getting those four games with the League's Cup or whatever. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I doubt they would want to lose the gate money and the TV money from that, so I don't know if that would work. But we just kind of yeah. drew, drew a line at 34 and said, yeah, good enough. Like, it, it doesn't have any significance. It's not like the League's overseas where they play 38 because there's 20 in a thing and you yeah. have to play each team twice, like, yeah, we don't have that. We just yet. kind of made up 34 and said, yeah, it looks good enough. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, it, all of it's going to be logistics, I think. Um, but I think if anybody could figure it out, I think the MLS, if you compare it to the our, our counterparts over there in Europe, I think we do a much better job on normal years of avoiding that congestion. So I think a little bit of congestion here will be worth it for that month of soccer. Yeah. Uh, so they did make some more changes to the Champions League. So they remember they changed the Champions League in 2023, mm-hmm. and they did this regionalized thing. Yeah, well, I guess that's ending in 2024. 2024, they have a new model that they're going <laughs> with. All right, that was the pre-plan. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the Hawks ex-wife niece story. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that's the new model. Uh, this new go. model is uh, no more regionalized. But what they're doing is those regional competitions or regional. Things are getting their own cups. They're getting a Caribbean cup. They're getting a uh, cup in um, where are the where are the other locations at? I'm trying to. This press release doesn't have it that I have up here. 
uh, a Central America Cup, a Caribbean Cup, and then include the League's Cup, and you pretty much got the North American Cup. Yeah. So they all tie in to what they're doing here, and then those winners and like runners up of those cups will qualify for the Champions League. So you get round one, which are single knockouts of 34, 32 teams that are going to go into a round of 16. Uh, or round one has actually 22 teams, it looks like. And then you're going to go to 16 teams. And then you're going to go uh, into um, regular knockouts after that. And big yeah. news, the biggest news, it culminates in a one-off final on a weekend. Not it's huge. Yeah, not on a Monday, which <laughs> which is another big thing. Like I, I like all the scheduling that they're doing. It's like right up my alley because one, weekends are much better for me as a teacher. Two, the July-August time frame they've given. Like if it's July-August, I'll be able to see most of those games before I start school. So they, they really had me in consideration when they were going to the table and talking about all these things. But again, They listened like, to the show. They were like, we got to get Logan honestly, some more comps. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that's exactly what happened. But again, I think you know, adding these competitions, adding these cups, because people were worried about what this was going to do to teams that are in the smaller, like the Caribbean islands and stuff like that, just because they, they think that the CCL spots are just naturally going to replace all of these island spots. But I think what's ultimately going to happen is they're just trying to make it bigger. I think that's ultimately what they're going to do because Champions League and Europe is huge. I think, what are we up to, 40 teams or something like that? 40, 46. In Champions League? Yeah, in UEFA. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's that much. I don't know how many. It is. It's see. usually thirty-two. It's usually a group of thirty-two. Um, well, I think it's growing in it, like thirty-eight or. Oh, they might be. Exp- oh, yeah, like they're that. expanding it, aren't they? Yeah. Next year. So, but I think that's. I think we want to get to that stage. I think we want to be up there where we're, where this Champions League gets legs and has room to grow, and maybe it does change to where other clubs are getting thrown in, or you know, some spots are deemed more worthy of other uh, leagues and things like that. But I think. CONCACAF is trying to establish itself as one of the premier regions in the world. And to, to do this, they're going to have to make some changes and adding more of these American markets or these Mexican markets will eventually down the road, help some of these Caribbean teams that are really struggling because I think that it'll pump money into CONCACAF and then CONCACAF can give it to them uh, or, you know, distribute however it is with TV rights. Um, this is a huge, huge win. I think on all parts, CCL, and Liga Max and MLS and, you know, the CONCACAF region itself, U.S. men's national team. And um, it's right, like you said, it's right in time for the World Cup in 2026. So when people start looking, like if they don't get into soccer until 2026 and then they Mm -hmm. turn and look at what's our Champions League look like, Mm -hmm. what does MLS or Liga Max look like? This stuff will have been running for two to three years at that point, and they'll be able to uh, hopefully – draw even more people into it and it just continues from there that's that's the goal this is me pumped i'm like i'm pumped yeah wanting to fast forward to bring it here. on <laughs> it'll be so much to cover it's gonna be a great month here on, on this show because it'll yeah. just be a lot of fun to cover and plus i'll get to learn a lot about uh mexico that i just don't know enough about yet. well actually yeah i'll be able to know about the lower level mexican teams i mean yeah. i know about club america and yeah. club leon and santos laguna you know, um, Monterey, Tigres, but mm-hmm. that all teams are going to be in it is pretty fun. 
Um, it's good for those lower Mexican teams as well. A plus. Nice job, CONCACAF. You made it even weirder. <laughs> now, the only downside is that it's only in the U.S. Uh, yeah. But again, because I think they're I... not going to get that. Ex- it's just like how we talked about the Nations League and yeah. uh, the Gold Cup, how the, you know, these U.S. players only don't play in the hostile environments. Yes. But it, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I think it's, it's better than good. playing against empty Houston Stadium every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it's it's better for it's better for the U.S. teams. It's better for MLS. However, I think that there's stadiums everywhere where they can give, you know, they can do like the one-off. So Austin, Texas, for instance, I know we've got a lot of the Mexican conglomerates, or like they're in that area where a bunch of the Mexican groups live. Uh, in California, it's the same case. So like, especially in like California where they can use like the Rose Bowl or wherever they might use different football stadiums and yes, they're not soccer specific, but I think even filling them with Mexican fans, because there is such a huge influence, um, from the Mexican culture in our Western part of the States. I think if you give them home games there, it's just like having uh, home games in their country. I I think that that's true. It's, it's, it's going to be done tastefully enough to where they can try to swing some of those. Obviously that's a lot of teams. So I, it's not going to be fair, I think for all of them. And you don't want all your East coast teams to travel all the way over to the West coast. If their group is like club Azul and then then you're talking and then you're playing like SKC and uh, San Jose. And you're like, I got to travel all the way over there for (laughs) three of my matches. Um, But over this month, that gives you some flexibility as to where you can have games. So Texas seems like a good spot to have a lot of the Mexican teams just because of the centralized location um, and the, the Mexican influence that it has. It'd be interesting to see, like, I, I know Aaron watches uh, League MX. It'd be interesting to see, like, some perspectives from people that watch the Mexican League. So maybe we can find somebody that has that perspective, too, that watches the Mexican League. Um, well, now that I have YouTube TV and I have Unimas on there, I could watch mm-hmm. some Liga MX. I know Fox has the English rights, but I think Unimas plays the Spanish rights, so I'd still be able I think to. TUDN plays some too. Yeah, I don't have that one, unfortunately. Oh, okay. But man, this is going to be this is massive. I think Andrew Weeby wrote a really nice column mm-hmm. from MLS. If you want to go read on that, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, just his. Thoughts and like you said, it's quirky, it's weird, it's funky, it's concave. It but like you said, this could change how it is overseas too. Yeah. Like if this thing prints money, are you kidding yeah. me? That Europe will yeah. be like, whoa, 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 what are we missing here? Mm-hmm. It's their stupid super league idea in one month, one and a half months, like ninety days, eighty days, whatever you needed. It would just be a matter of if, you know, Premier League and Bundesliga and them wanted to take that pause. So who knows at this point? Even if, But if they got a cut of the share, they probably wouldn't care anyway. So Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to some of the results here. I don't think we're going to read every result uh, just because we talked so much about. Right, let's go through like – let's go through – why don't we do – and this sucks for the lower teams, but why don't we go through like the playoff teams right now? And kind of like, because we're getting into like the playoff push. Yeah. Well, you know, if you, the Eastern Conference, that'd be almost every team. Okay. Just so, rate. like every team in the uh, East, and like <laughs> the three teams in the West. But yeah. So let's look at it. Okay. So, right now, as we stand, New England Revolution in first place in the East. That's not changing. Okay. Yeah. I guarantee that is not changing this season. 
Should we and put that down? Write it down in permanent marker. On they our... are going to win. They are going to win the supporter shield. Guarantee it. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me write that down. Write it down. Okay. I wrote it down. Did you really? No, I didn't. I licked my fingers. <laughs> I didn't see what you're doing. Why I did that? I don't know why. Um. Uh, Nashville in second with 41 points, so they're 15 behind New England. Two games less played, though. So they could get as much as within nine of New England. Uh, NYCFC in third with 38 points, um, and Orlando in fourth with 38 points. So those are your home home team games, Okay. Uh, the ones that would get home field advantage right now. In fifth is Montreal, who beat Orlando four to two, right? Sound like, uh, yeah. This uh, with Nani Redcard. Yeah, that was um, midweek. Atlanta in six with 36 points. And Philadelphia in seventh with 35 points. They also beat Orlando over the weekend, three to one. Um, who hasn't beaten Orlando lately? Recently, yeah, I don't know. I mean, their form recently. Columbus hasn't. <laughs> Columbus didn't beat. Them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, here's Orlando's form recently: a draw against yeah. Miami, a win against Columbus, three 0 loss to Atlanta, four two loss to Montreal, and three one loss to Philly. Yikes! Yeah, especially when you look at so since Gonzalo Pineda took over Atlanta United. Um, they they lost their first game, which was Nashville two nothing. Mm-hmm. Then uh, that was his first game in charge. He was appointed two weeks before that. Um, Atlanta beat Orlando three nil. They beat Cincinnati four nil, and they beat DC United three to two. So Atlanta on the up here. Joseph Martinez. Top team goal scorer with nine goals. Remember, there was a time where he was not scoring like at all this season. Yeah. Um, DC United's in eighth place with 34 points. Miami in ninth with 32 points. Columbus in 10th with 31. And that's it. That's probably your chances for playoffs as we continue to say throughout this time here. Because if you look at Red Bulls with 26 points, Chicago with 23, Cincy with 20, Toronto with 18. They don't have enough juice, I don't think, to get them. No. And I think Columbus probably doesn't have a shot that much right now. Miami has an outside chance because they were up there and then got knocked back out again. But that's I'm drawing the line at 10. I'm saying Columbus on up can have a shot at playoffs. Yeah. We got, we got what? Uh, Columbus has played 26 We've games. Got eight games left. They got eight games left. We're all into our final 10 games except for Red Bull, who have only played 23. Yeah, they have so 11. If they strung together some games, Red Bull could get back in it. But I think what you said, out of the bunch of, you know, below the seven spot, they look like the least likely to even touch a run. So I think if you're looking at teams, you're right. I think Columbus might be the cutoff because, if Col- again, we always say this, but if Columbus got hot at the right time, they could put together a strand of games to make it into the playoffs. And then once you get in the playoffs, you can do anything you really want. Um, but yeah, I don't like the chances for anybody below Columbus. You know what I saw at the Orioles Phillies game? Columbus crew tears. Were they crying? 
saw an Oriole fan with the Oriole hat and a 2008 style Columbus Crew jersey. <laughs> That's interesting. The old MLS logo with the boot kicking the ball and uh, the old three minute work. Uh, yeah. Hard hat crew logo. Uh, I talked to him too. I said, Hey, nice crew jersey. He gave me a little fist bump. So um, he's probably like, what's that? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been funny. Like this was from, yeah, I thought this was an Orioles like throwback. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting as we're talking about the crew. Um, because not something you see a lot, and especially like Columbus has no ties to Baltimore, so I really had no yeah. idea what was going on there. But <laughs> it was it was interesting. Um, uh, Western Conference. Let's look there real quick. Uh, Kansas City in first with forty six points. Uh, they've played one more game than Seattle. Seattle in second with forty five points. They're also in a League's Cup final. Like Seattle just continues to. <sighs> change like be like a model franchise is the way i Mm -hmm. want to word that model franchise they they might win the west conference and they could win leagues cup yeah and god i hope they do so we don't have to keep hearing how no mls teams won leagues cup by the time we get to that too Mm -hmm. but uh they'll probably change it to say in the modern leagues cup nobody (laughs) has um but uh just a model franchise with how they're run and always consistently good like so envious uh colorado in third with 44 points um and la in fourth with 38 points la's kind of fallen down the wayside a bit uh but i think they'll ultimately be okay um portland timbers so it's your home games as it stands right now portland timbers all the way up to fifth now with 37 points rsl in six uh, with 36 points and Minnesota in seventh, 34 points. They just beat LA Galaxy 3 1. Mm-hmm. And Portland beat LAFC. Was that 3 1 as well? Were they both 3 1 or am I thinking one's 3 0, one's 3 1? Let me check that real quick. Timbers, oh, Timbers won 2 1. My apologies. And Galaxy lost 3 0 to Minnesota. Galaxy or. They struggled, but you know they've they've Chicharito has been out, right? He's um, coming back soon, supposedly. Uh, he should be good to go for playoffs, and I think that's all they need to worry about. Yeah. If they can get into the playoffs, I think LA Galaxy can be dangerous if it with a healthy Chicharito. We got, saw how they were playing at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but they've got to defend. Like yes. that is one thing they just don't defend, and that is a huge thing because you're going to be on the road. You can't give up goals. I, I think they're going to be on the road the way that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to be on the road, like that's why that four spot's so crucial. They need to be in that top half because if they have to play on the road again with that defense, um, they've given up 40 goals, which is tied with Chicago Fire and Austin. So that's how bad it's been. Um, they just don't stand a chance. Like they, they'll just get absolutely torched on the road in, in a playoff game. So staying at home with Chicharito getting healthy and staying healthy. That's going to be, you know, to be the that's their path. Factor. That's yeah. their path to winning. Yep. So, top four spot is needed if you, but again, they're going to have to play those top four, one of the top three teams. If they stay in that four spot at a, in an away game, I just don't have confidence that they're going to be able to defend anybody. Uh, LAFC in eighth place with 33 points, Vancouver in ninth with 30 points, 
San Jose in 10th with 30 points, and that's where I'll draw the line again. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas in 11th with 27 points, Houston in 12th with 26, and Austin in 13th with 19 points. They're only one point above Toronto. Hey, Toronto's coming back, and that wouldn't—they don't want that damn wooden spoon. No, no, they don't. <laughs> no, no wooden spoon for them. Austin, you've got to get that your first year. Like that's just—it's like a rite of passage, right? Yeah, it's like here's here's a nice wooden spoon for your hard work and dedication. I'm sure they can decorate it to be green or black or whatever you want it to be. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about. Austin, who had a three-one lead Wolf out. Uh, over <laughs> over San Jose, and San Jose comes storming back and win four-three yeah. in a crazy game that was, I think, Saturday. Um, yes. I was watching that game, and that was just insane, just an insane game. Uh, I look, they're missing Matt Beasler. They don't have the depth of defense, and I think that's their issue. Though mm-hmm. so I think. For sure, Stuver was great at the beginning of the year. I think he's fallen off a bit lately, making some errors or making some sa- not making saves that I think he should make. And he tried to uh, fight the whole San Jose team, I think. So I don't know what happened. It was like a dust-up after one of the goals that San Jose scored. And that... Oh, <laughs> yeah, frustrations. yeah, yeah. Like, that was, some... I think, one was of the players pushed him or whatever uh, yeah. to try to get the ball back so they could yeah. – keep going or something yeah it became this big thing the tempers are flaring alex ring got two two yellow cards too uh, over the last i mean that's, yeah he got it yeah he scored two I goals think, and he gets a red card i think because the first time he got it was skc and they were playing pretty well that was that was back when they were doing well they yeah. it was like beginning of the season they were doing and really th- well and that they fell yeah. apart after that that was it they did yeah and i think they said back then that it had been like six or seven seasons since he's been shown a red at all and i think now he's got two in the same year so i know he's got two in the same year now so a lot of frustration it seems yeah that red card um was in the 65th minute mm-hmm. after they had they had already given up the lead at that point and at that yeah. point it just wasn't they weren't able to get back into it then san jose had lost four three to yeah. rsl this is what we talked about when we were previewing them uh they can win four three they can lose four three uh that's all she wrote about san yeah. jose right i mean um, they did it right there and within a span of a week <laughs> yeah <laughs> show you yeah. exactly who they are they're uh, true colors right they're in. 10th place they're four points out of a playoff spot um which is not bad but they minnesota has a game in hand on them so We'll see how that goes. Uh, It's tight right there. Yeah. Uh, What were some other big results here? RSL beating Seattle uh, was another big one. RSL looked good. Crylock looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And again, I think RSL, I think Colorado Rapids were teams that I think people wanted to write off, especially RSL because they're going through that whole Mm rebranding and the issues that they had with the sale and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and their owner being an absolute, um, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah. And even Vancouver now, because all the, the bottom teams have really struggled pushing Vancouver up into ninth. I mean, those are teams that like nobody, Vancouver, RSL, really, they got written off. And then Colorado, I think people thought they were going to be playoff team. I didn't think they, I didn't think many people thought that they were going to be this good. And, you know, they, they've kind of struggled grabbing wins here um, towards this latter half, but 
I, I think they're a team that can play defensively. So I think when they do get into a playoff situation, I think that they can defend pretty well. So I think that'll help them out in the long run. It'll be imagined, or it'll be a matter of if they can score goals and complete those wins and grab, you know, points. So. Uh, Portland beating LAFC was big. I mean, they stood above them in the table, but it was also just something that uh, they were only a point above LAFC before that game, and now they're four points above them. I did uh, some math. Closing in on LA Galaxy now. I did some crazy math. Um, since Sebastian Blanco has returned, they average 1.75 points a game. And if you kind of look at the trend where that would put them right now, they're up there in the top three in the East. Um, if you looked over an average of a long season, um, that's how good they've been with Sebastian. And it's not like it's been like six games. I think it's been like 16 games. So to get that many points over a stretch of those 16 matches where Sebastian's been healthy and he's only started, I think, 14 or 15 of them. Um, I mean, he's changes that team big time. And I think that that's shown uh, just how good they've been. So. Uh, Toronto beat Nashville. That was a pretty big one. Yeah. Uh, this was, uh, big for Toronto. <laughs> big, huge for Toronto. So yeah. Teldo coming up big, uh, whipping a ball in that Omar Gonzalez gets his head on and gets it into the, uh, uh, you know, back of the net. So that was, um, big for Soteldo who hasn't made the impact. I think people thought he would at this point, but also Toronto's just been so bad that you can't really, yeah put that on him uh but just good to see that ball that he puts in 79th minute bad for nashville but this is mls this happens right like you you can't say much about it they're still second place in the east they weren't really pressing for first place honestly so if they can finish the season at second or third Mm -hmm. that's a successful season for nashville three losses and their second playoff berth as a second year expansion team um, I was listening to Jamie Watson, who we had on uh, yeah, for yeah. that national game. He was talking with Andrew Wiebe in their power rankings. And he made a really good point. He said, if you would have said, and, and Jamie's really great at these. I love when he does these. He goes, and I think it's a lot of times because Nashville fans want the, they want the reward right now where I think you're going to get it. It's just a matter of like, this team is still kind of a work in progress. And, you know, I, I think they do have what it takes. They have a roster to compete with for MLS Cup this year. But I don't think they're quite there yet. I don't think they're as good as New England, but they're there. They're on the cusp. And that's amazing because, like they alluded to in the Power Ranking show, they talked about, well, there's there's two particular teams that were expansion teams that aren't even in the Power 10 anymore. And they were, I think they were alluding to Orlando and Miami. And they said, you know, with Nashville, like, they've just enjoyed success and all due in part to how good Walker Zimmerman's been. Like, I think uh, Jamie said that he, I think it's like 0.75 goals a game since he's been in the lineup, which is absolutely nuts. Um, And the fact they've only lost three matches and they only ever lose when they're on the road. It's just like, and they're going to get home field. So uh, they're a team that, man, this is a big loss for them to lose to Toronto, but I think it was coming. And I think they're a team that'll bounce back from it and be fine. Yeah. Oh, they they played spoiler last year, yeah. you know, ruining Toronto season. Then, mm-hmm. um, I think second best team in the East. They're probably I the think best they're dangerous the enough where they could definitely knock off New England in a playoff. That's and, what I was going to ask you. 
if you're looking at teams in the East, who knocks off New England? Nashville can. I think Atlanta can. Atlanta can. This new Atlanta definitely yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I could see NYCFC pulling it off depending on how they are at that time. You know, yeah, NYCFC feel like they're a very uh, streaky team. Mm-hmm. But I would really enjoy Nashville winning MLS Cup. I think it would be great, and I think it would be great. One, I'd love to see Dax get MLS an MLS Cup because he's probably not going to be around too much longer with his age. So um, I don't know off the top of my head if he's won one before. I have to check. but um, I don't think he has. He's been bounced around so many teams that it's it's hard to keep track. Um, what if he has? He has uh, two supporter shields and a Western Conference win, yeah, uh, which was go. Dallas when they lost to the Rapids in MLS Cup. Connor Casey scoring, I believe, in that one. Um, but it was... I would love to see Dax get one before he goes. Yeah. I, I think this team is just built right. And actually, oh, so I just thought of that. Uh, comparing to when he lost MLS Cup against the Rapids, the Rapids manager at the time was Gary Smith, who's the manager yeah. of Nashville right now. So, I mean, it's possible for them to go on that run and, and win it because he's an experienced MLS coach who has uh, one MLS Cup. He... Uh, they have experienced MLS players with Dax McCarty and their strikers. And, you know, uh, and they also just have other good accessory pieces. Walker Zimmerman mm-hmm. in the back line, great MLS experience. But I mean, like Ronda Leal and, you know, all these players that kind of help fit mold this team into a, a really dominant team. And they remind me of Atlanta from when Atlanta won MLS Cup that year. Um, not saying like the way they play or anything, but if they win it in their second year, yeah, that'd be crazy. And like you said, two years in a row in the playoffs, after all the attention was on Miami when they entered the league at the same time, is amazing. And one thing I want to point out: Miami, the best team in the Eastern Conference, according to some people, uh, <laughs> lose to the Red Bulls for nothing. Some this people. Weekend. It was uh, who Caleb was Porter. It? Yeah, it was yeah Caleb Porter. I mean, he is. They are better than Columbus, so maybe he doesn't. Yeah, they were like on the a streak the too. They were, on, they were on a hot streak for a moment where they went. Uh, I have it right here. They were unbeaten and like uh, they had had three straight wins yeah. and they had a draw with Orlando before that. But they beat Cincinnati, they beat Crew, and they beat Toronto. But those are three like bad teams. Yeah. So like, how good are they actually? And I think. You know, they definitely turned it around from where they were before. Uh, and they have a shot for the playoffs, which is all you can ask for after their right. awful start. But I don't know. Red Bulls beating them 4 0 is just kind of like a, this absurd. Yeah, that's <laughs> very unsettling. absurd thing. Yeah. Like that's that's not that's not a scoreline that you have when you're what Especially it's in 10 Miami games away from ending the season looking for a playoff push and a four nil loss in Miami to a Red Bull team that has lacked uh, inspiration lately. Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. But um, I'm looking. So sorry, this is a complete tangent. But I was looking at the average attendance. Do you know that Philadelphia is it Philly? No, Atlanta United. Their average attendance is forty four thousand. The next highest 
Is Seattle a twenty-two? Is, yes. What? Are you on? Are you on FB I'm Ref? On, yes, I am. <laughs> That's where I'm on. <laughs> yeah, I love FB Ref. It's great. If you guys I don't know use it, FB Ref, it's great. I didn't know it was by the same people that did Baseball Reference. Yes, that's pretty that. awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like I've always used it. Like I used it with our previews and stuff. It's great. And uh, another interesting stat. I'm sorry, I'm on like random tangent because I'm looking at FB Ref. Uh, expected goals against Nashville, twenty-two point two. That's like absurd because the next one I think is NYCFC at twenty-four point eight, which is bonkers if that's the, then that's really the only one within range of them they're next are like four or five away like 28 mm-hmm. but that's crazy how well those two have defended and nycfc can score um much better than nashville has so cassianos has been good and i know that tiago has been really good since they brought him over but Hani Mukhtar and CJ Sapong have been good for Nashville. So those are two really good teams. I think you're right, Jordan. I think if I had to pick three teams, it would be Nashville, NYCFC, and Atlanta to dethrone. No, the thing no is, idea. though, we still have a month and a half. November 7th is the last day. So th- there will be some teams that will still ebb and flow with their yeah. streakiness. Um, because, look, this is that's what MLS is going to be about. When we get to the play- – that's what playoffs are about. When you get to the playoffs, it's going to be about what team can – Catch um, catch fire and go on. And last year, it was uh, Columbus Crew. Yeah. Um, they came out of nowhere. People, were, I mean, like they, you know, they weren't the top two in the East. So uh, I'm kind of excited to see what can happen here. If Gonzalo Pineda wins MLS Cup for Atlanta, he's like instant legend, right? <laughs> Yeah. Turning that season around. Yeah, he'll go coach like the U.S. men's national team. It'll be nuts. <laughs> Did you see too that like uh, I saw the final third guy share this, but he had the idea of having fans yeah. show up to training today, and they yeah. were waving flags, and they were good atmosphere. Like it seems like a one eighty from um, Heinze being like, you can't even drink water. To right. like this guy who's like, let's bring the fans into it. Let's get this going. And he learned from Schmetzer at Seattle, and it's just. It, it was the perfect hire, and mm-hmm. I think that the hope for them is that with him being not like a Frank DeBoer or a Tata Martino or a Gabriel Heinze where they're focused on probably launching to another club after this, I could see him being a Smetzer type that stays at Atlanta for three or four years yeah. or longer, and if, if it works out. Let me just qualify that so that way people don't come back like next year if something happens and say you're wrong. But I was saying if it works out, if they, you know, if he gets the results, the, the atmosphere there with the way he's building around, like, you know, like I said, with it's not like this toxic locker room, I feel yeah. like, with, with Pineda there. And I think if that happens, I don't know where else he would want to go anyway. Like Atlanta is a huge club in America with how much fans like you said 44,000 average right they've already have a history of winning trophies like I could see he's Mexican so I could see maybe he would want to go to a Mexico team at some point but if they're gonna be playing in the league's cup all the time like he could be playing he could make his name for himself there like I don't know I think that you could be a legend at Atlanta if you can nail down that job and Mm. uh bring them more than just that 2018 MLS cup because Look, Atlanta sports teams are not knocking down the door really to win trophies anytime. So if you can become the number one show in town winning trophies, I think you're you're set, man. 
Yeah, they're the only team that can fill that stadium. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad, but like all the sports teams in Atlanta are known for tanking. And, and you can watch it right now live. Atlanta's the tanking. The Braves are doing well, though. Yeah, they're doing all right, but they've been known to not. Um, they're winning in the NL East, which is like, they're just above 500, like, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. I think that, and they, they even said, I know they have some guys on from Atlanta's podcast and different writers where they've said that the atmosphere uh, has even changed for the players enjoy coming to work and how many of us like our jobs better when we, when we can go in and enjoy what we do. Uh, it's easier to work. It's probably going to perform better, obviously. Um, but when you're showing up and you can't even drink water at the water cooler, how, how difficult can that become? Uh, and that's what it was with Atlanta. And Jordan, I can be the first ones to say we were really hard on Atlanta because we thought, I mean, without this, like you said, if this had gone somewhere else and they'd have hired like a, I don't know, like a Chris Armis or something like that, uh, something completely out of there on the left field who, you know, they didn't have very many options. The fact that they just dug up Pineda was, I mean, unbelievable signing for them and an unbelievable change. Like their best signing of the year, I thought, was Thiago Silva. Um, not Thiago Silva, that's wrong. Is that right? No, so, no, so sorry. Thiago so, Silva. So. I was like, why is T- – we just did stoppage time. Um, so Thiago Sosa thought he was the best signing, but I think Pineda – Easily the best signing of the year. Yeah. He's turned them around. Uh, it's just a whole different vibe. They're dangerous again. They're yeah. scoring goals again. It's yeah. just... Arujo is good at their new... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he's, he's been, been phenomenal. He, he's part of the reason, too. We can't, yeah. we can't yeah. uh, say anything other than that, too. Yeah. But um, Let's look ahead, shall we? Okay. Well, I did want to say with the Orlando-Philly game... The um, Derby. Did not yeah, the stateside derby. Uh, there were some questions on if the first goal should have stood for Philly. Um, the ref's interpretation was, while Shabilko does cause a foul, Orlando gained full possession and started to attack, which then he was giving them the right away, I guess, in that case. And then the play switches again and the union score. But um, I, I think it probably should have just been a foul uh, yeah. instead of, instead of that. But um, either way, Orlando needs to sort it out. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, their defense has gone completely. They just don't have answers. Um, I think Galece hasn't even been that yeah, sharp. Pedro has been hurt. Basin uh, uh, has been playing in goal. And when Pedro has been out, it's gotten ugly. And part of the defense, I mean, what people don't realize, a defender's job is to anchor that defense. I mean, a defender, or sorry, a keeper's job is just to anchor it. And without him being there and without Janssen and um, AC playing together, it's been difficult. And, you know, getting all these guys healthy again, like uh, Oscar went with kind of like a three center back, two wing back mm-hmm. kind of mode there with uh, Uon. And I, I think that he scored. Yeah, he scored. Great so, header. Great header. Yeah. It worked, but when Nani got red, it was it was like or not Nani. Um, when when they just aren't going well, that was another game. Um, but when they're just not playing well, but it, it hurt them for this game. I mean, it, if Nani is available yeah. in this game, yeah. I think you have a shot. You know, I guess maybe. <laughs> Orlando's looked really bad creative creating anything. They they kind of got like the the cities to them uh, where they can't score because they don't have like a a nine that's playing well. I mean, DK when he's played has not looked good. So 
Yeah, he's they, worn out. And Pato yeah. is still not back from the no. week one injury. I mean, sounds like he won't. It just seems like it's this lingering, like he's older and we've always struggled with issues uh, with knee with leg issues. So I don't know if he'll ever get healthy, but now you got to rely on Tesho and Tesho is very up and down. So, so we got some midweek games here, Canadian championship, Halifax versus Montreal at five o'clock on Wednesday, Uh, Miami versus Nashville at seven 30 Toronto versus York on another Canadian championship game at seven 30. Chicago versus New England at 8 o'clock. Red Bulls versus NYCFC for a Hudson River Derby at 8 o'clock. That might be the rescheduled one. Is that the rescheduled one? Yeah, I would think so. I think so. Yeah. Club Lyon versus Seattle in the League's Cup Final in Vegas. ESPN2, Unimas, TDN. Saturday, September 25th, Philadelphia gets to take on – Pineda's Atlanta United. Um, that'll be fun. That's on Univision, TDN, and Twitter. Now I don't have to watch it on Twitter because I got uh, T- uh, Univision. So I should be able to watch it on that. Um, that's at 3.30 at Subaru Park. Uh, New England versus Orlando. I mean, our two teams are going through it, man. Uh, <laughs> 7 o'clock ESPN Plus. That's at Gillette Stadium where New England does not lose. So yeah. good luck there. Yeah. Uh, crew versus Montreal at 7.30. DC United versus Cincinnati at 7.30. Colorado versus Toronto. I fully expect Colorado to win that game mm-hmm. with how well they've been this season. That's at 8 o'clock. Especially in the mountains. Yeah. Minnesota versus Houston at 8 o'clock. NYCFC versus New York Red at Yankee Stadium, oh boy! <laughs> so I think I think the twenty second one was the make update from yeah. when we talked about, and this was just another scheduled one. But now they yes. play each other twice in three days, which is amazing. Uh, San Jose versus LAFC at ten o'clock. Vancouver versus Dallas at ten o'clock, and Portland versus RSL at ten thirty. Now that's a game. That's a good one. That is a game, yeah. man. I'll tell you one thing. I actually think that the you know what I think we're wrong. I think NYCFC plays uh, New York Red Bull. They're playing baseball. It seems because they're playing oh yeah in Yankee State. Stadium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll cover that on our we'll other podcast. On extra time. Oh, on extra innings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chicago versus Nashville on Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, Nashville should have that one. Uh, SKC versus Seattle. Oh, that's a good one. Seven o'clock on FS1. Um, that'll be a blast. It's that so is a blast, and it's on Sunday at seven o'clock. It's not one of these I ten know, o'clock games. That's a good one. That's a nine o'clock time zone. What's going on? Why is it at seven? Oh, it's in it's in it's in Kansas game. City. It's in yeah. Kansas City. Yeah. So six o'clock game. Sorry. Yeah. Six o'clock kick. And then yeah. Houston, uh, not Houston. Sorry, Austin versus LA Galaxy at nine thirty on ESPN two. Uh, I fully expect Galaxy to probably win that game, but it's at Austin and uh, LA hasn't been in great form. Austin's not in great form. It could be a could be looking at a nil nil one one type of thing. Although I will say, uh, come next week, aside from like the, I guess aside from Atlanta, Philly, Orlando, New England, and then those kind of those games we mentioned that were big games, uh, Portland and Salt Lake, and then Kansas City, Seattle. If some of these teams lose. Those will be big stories next week because yeah, it looks like a lot of playoff teams playing teams or cusps teams playing teams that they should beat. 
So I guess we'll see. MLS yeah, and then we have uh, some midweek games next week that we'll talk about. Talk about then, but like I said, November 7th is the last day, and then we take a break for international games, and then the playoffs start November 20th, I think. Mm-hmm. So we're actually going to have a pretty lengthy break, but it's not really a break because we'll be covering the U.S. games. So, And I'm sure we'll have people on for the playoffs. I don't know what we've decided. Yeah, yeah we'll have to but... try to get some previews going for that as well at some point. So Yeah, we get a matchup preview from some of the people that we know or reach out to somebody that's new and at least match up. Maybe the home team will get the person on for the preview. Oh yeah, that could be a good idea. Go home teams. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. We'll All come right. Up well, with something. <laughs> I think that about wraps us up. Uh, Logan, Hi. we kind of teased the baseball show, but what what are we working on here for the uh, for people that maybe are interested in baseball but don't know some of the rules or stats? Yeah. So we are, uh, we obviously started a new podcast because we don't have enough and here it is on the bottom for all the visual learners. Um, yeah, Jordan's got the nice sweatshirt. I still need to get mine, um, uh, because especially in October, it starts to cool down some in Florida, which is funny because it's like 70, but it's still funny. Uh, extra inning show. Uh, we, we started a new podcast, uh, and it's going to focus around baseball. We got a couple episodes up one with Cooperstown, one where Jordan got to watch Shohei Otani, one where we kind of introduce uh, some of our collectibles to the audience. Uh, that's more for the visuals. And then we also talked about uh, just our history of baseball and how we grew up and, and grew to love the sport. This coming uh, week, we are going to be recording probably an episode that'll drop, what, probably next week, uh, where we're going to be talking about the rules and the weird uh, terms that are used with baseball. We're talking runners in scoring position, war, um, not war like in World War II, but war and all sorts of other quirky terms that baseball has, um, more of your saber metrics and things. Uh, and then I'm talking just the gist of baseball and getting people who might just be learning the sport or might not understand some of the stats and what they mean. We're going to get into a deep dive and let some of our listeners know what that's all about. And we'll have some fun learning on the way too, because I know there's some stuff that I'm still confused about by looking at some of it. October is going to be fun. We have, uh, you know, World Cup qualifiers. We got MLS almost close to wrapping up. And then uh, we will have the playoffs for MLB that we'll be covering over on Extra Innings. Uh, So, and then we'll be covering, you know, the thick and furious period of October with Champions League, uh, UEFA Champions League, and uh, EPL games that'll be coming hot and heavy over on Stoppage Time soccer show. So, uh, there you go. Um, trying to cover everything for for you here. So if you're interested in that, give it a give it a listen, because um, we'll be starting real proper soon with with our preview of the wild cards. Once that's all set uh, for that, and uh, don't worry though, we'll still be bringing you this show as well. There's uh, not, you know we got too much time on our hands as it is, so we're not going to be. <laughs> uh, nothing's going to go. Nothing's going to go down quality wise. Yeah. Um, but if you want to reach us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, email us Stateside Show at gmail.com if you want to, you know, uh, reach out to us for any reason here. But thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap 
the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.